Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about getting it. And so I'm going to give you a few riddles, which I'm sure you'll get half of them. Let's start. I'm tall when I'm young, and I'm short when I'm old. What am I? Very good, very good. What has hands but can't clap? Very good, wow. What starts with the letter T is filled with T and ends in T? A teapot, very good, wow. This, this group, okay, here. In a one-story pink house, there was a pink person, a pink cat, a pink fish, a pink computer, a pink chair, a pink table, pink. We'll get them up on the screen. A pink telephone, a pink shower, everything was pink. What color were the stairs? It's a one-story house, there were no stairs. Okay, a house has four walls. All of the walls are facing south. And a bear is circling the house. What color is the bear? Very good, wow, North Pole. The house is on the North Pole. It's a white bear. A girl is sitting in a house at night that has no lights on at all. There's no lamp, no candle, nothing. Yet she is reading. Sarah? How can that be? She's reading Braille. Okay, I was counting on Sarah to get that, but that's in. But that's okay. How many months have 28 days? Very good. Name four days of the week that start with the letter T. Tuesday, Thursday. Very good. Wow, this group is just like getting it all. A cowboy rides into town on Friday, stays for three days, then leaves on Friday. How did he do that? Very good. Okay, you walk across a bridge and you see a boat full of people, yet there isn't a single person on board. How is that possible? Yeah. All the people on the boat are married. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I have, I have keys, but no doors. I have space, but no rooms. I allow you to enter, but you are never able to leave. What am I? A keyboard. What goes up but never goes down? Very good. Okay, you guys. Anyway, it feels good to get it, though, doesn't it? It does feel good to get it. It feels really good when we understand. Riddles can be fun, but what we're talking about in church and today are truths that we need to get. And we need to hold on to them because they will shape how we live every day of our lives. We need to get these. Here's another one. What does wind have to do with hunger? Well, one answer is if you have enough of either of them, they can kill you. If you are in the wilderness and have no access to food, Hunger can kill you. If you are on the sea and have no access to land, wind can kill you. 
Last week's gospel lesson, the enemy was hunger. This week's gospel lesson, the enemy is wind. If you've ever been in a small boat on a big lake, it can rain all you want and you'll be fine. But if the wind picks up and gets those waves going, you'll be in big trouble. So hunger can kill you and wind can kill you. If hunger is about to kill you in the wilderness, you could be saved by someone who can give you bread. If wind is about to kill you on the sea, you could be saved by someone who can walk out on the water and calm the sea. Now you remember last week, Jesus took five barley loaves and a couple of fish. <clears throat> Note our banner there. He gave thanks to God and he fed over 5,000 people with them. Remember, it was Jesus who told the disciples to feed the large crowd. You feed them. For them, it was impossible. But for Jesus, all things are possible. And Jesus was preparing them because he's going to ask them to do the impossible. And he's preparing them and they need to remember this lesson. That was the lesson they were supposed to learn, that all things are possible with Jesus. And they probably did. After the great miracle, they probably said, wow, this Jesus can do anything. He can supply our every need. He can satisfy. Well, how long did that faith last? Later that evening, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountain to pray. The boat was in the middle of the lake and the wind had picked up. It was against them. And Jesus saw them struggling and he went out to them walking on the water. They all saw him and were terrified. He tells them not to be afraid. He gets in the boat and the wind died down. Now, here's the really interesting thing about this miracle. The Bible says they were completely amazed, utterly astounded, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. They didn't get it. They didn't get the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. They didn't get the message of the miracle. They missed the point, or worse, they forgot the point. Eight or nine hours later, they forgot what they had learned and experienced about their Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you believe that? Well, let's, we could quiz you on the paths months sermons to see how much you remember of them. Here's the thing that really scares me. If the disciples didn't get the truth that all things are possible for him, how on earth are we going to get it? And not only get it up here, but get it here so it affects how we live our lives. You see, our hearts are hardened. 
And on our own, we can't get any of what God is. Matter of fact, I don't think we get God at all. I honestly, I honestly don't think we understand just how powerful God is. I ask the confirmation kids each year, how big, how big do you think God is? And I try to put things into perspective. So we're going to do it real quick again here tonight. How big is God? Okay, let's see how big he is. Well, there's the earth and you're a speck on the earth. Okay, next. And there's the moon. Keep going. And there's the sun. Well, let's put it into perspective. Oh, turn the volume down on that. Freaky music. Okay, cool. Okay. And there are the planets and there's our earth remember we're a speck on that earth and then keep going there's our sun oh can still see earth and there is the sun now i can't see earth anymore and that's one of the planets that we can see in the visible sky and then ooh. Look at our sun compared to Antares. You can't even see it. Just remember how big it was compared to the Earth. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. That's our solar system. Oh, Milky Way. We're somewhere there. And then there are millions and billions of galaxies. The point is God is bigger than the universe. God is really, really, really big. He's outside of time and space. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around that, but we got to believe that all things are possible with God. All things. We say God is almighty. We say God is omnipotent. We say God is omnipresent. We say God is omniscient. We say God is everlasting. We say God is all these things. Do we really get how powerful he is? The Bible said, we heard in Genesis, he sent a flood and destroyed all living things upon the earth. That is some power. The Almighty God made a promise and all living things that he, to all living things, that he'd never destroy the earth again by sending a flood. Do you think God is powerful enough to keep his promise. He put a rainbow in the sky to remember. Now you might say, well, it's just a promise, Pastor. Promises, people break promises all the time. Last week I was reading in the paper that the government said a number of years ago, oh, that new stadium, that won't cost taxpayers anything. And now it's reported we're on the hook for over $100 million. They broke their promise. Married couples break their promise, their wedding vows all the time. It's getting to the point where no one even wants to make a promise or a commitment because they know they can't keep it, not on their own. Almighty God is promising us. He's perfect. He has the power and the will to keep his promise. I find great comfort in that. We can trust God 
to keep his promises. He is faithful. Now this short and amazing incident of Jesus walking on the water is to underline something about the story of the loaves and the fish, which the disciples didn't get. Now think about who was the miracle for? The loaves and the fish. The crowds have gone home. It's the middle of the night. Who's the story for? It's for the disciples. And it's recorded for us. Anybody who follows Jesus, claims to follow Jesus, needs to know and get these very important truths. Jesus, Jesus is showing something to his disciples. And the little line that is added in the Gospel of John about the same account, John chapter 6, verse 12. When they had all eaten enough, they had enough to eat, his disciples, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. You remember, 12 baskets full. Let nothing be wasted. When you hear God's word, when you read his word, let nothing of it be wasted. Take it all in. Remember it all. And let it reshape your life. Twelve disciples, twelve baskets full, Jesus wanted each one to have a reminder of the miracle and the message that all things are possible with him. He will satisfy your every need. It was as if Jesus was saying, when you serve me and you give and you give until you think you can give no more, I will take care of you. I will always be enough for you. If you pour out your life to give bread to the world, I will be your all-satisfying bread. The more you satisfy others, the more I will be your satisfaction. They needed to know that. The more you give your life to others, the more I will be life to you. What happens, though, when the reminder of God's love is all gone? The leftovers are gone. Will they remember? So the disciples get another lesson, one which... They better never forget the miracle of his presence. Two things you got to know about God. He provides and he is present. So here's a picture of the disciples in the dark, in a storm, away from Jesus. Right after a miracle whose point was, I'm the bread from heaven. And if you feed on me, you will live forever. But now their life is in danger, not by hunger, but by wind. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. This time he doesn't give them 12 baskets of miracle bread. He gives them the miracle of his presence when they thought there was no way he could be there with them in the middle of the lake. He climbed into the boat and the wind died down. His presence 
changed everything. And he said, it is I. Don't be afraid. The point's been made. It's been made twice. I did a miracle for you on the land and gave each of you a basket of bread. I showed you that I will be your personal bread, each one of you. If you have an overwhelming ministry in front of you to feed 5,000 and you feel totally inadequate, not only will I give you resources to feed them, I will be there for you when it is all over. I will not just give you bread. I will be your bread. And now I have done another miracle for you. I have shown you that in the dark and in the storm, I will let nothing separate me from you. I will walk on water to be with you, and we will arrive at our destination together. So whether the story is about being rescued from hunger by multiplying bread or being rescued from wind by walking on the water, the point is I don't just give bread, I am bread. I don't just make the wind stop, I get into the boat. What does this all mean for you? Well, you are the beneficiaries of the promises of God. Genesis made that clear. He created you. And he gave you life. He takes care of you. He gives you everything you need. He then makes you his child in the waters of baptism. He gives to you the righteousness of his son, Jesus, so that your sins no longer stand in the way of you going to heaven. He removes judgment from you because he already has judged his son who stood in your place. And if that was not enough, he's given you his spirit as a guarantee. His presence is with you so that no matter where life takes you, you will never, ever be alone. All these things God has done for you, he wants you to remember that. Now, you being here tonight, that certainly helps. You being here every week, helps you to remember the promises of God. You being daily in his word is going to help you remember the promises of God. Repetition is a great way to learn. Well, there's one other way. All the experts tell us this. All the educators tell us this. You teaching others about the power and the promises of God will definitely help you to remember. And that's exactly what Jesus was going to tell his disciples to do. Everyone knows if you learn the truth or skill, when you teach it to someone else, you won't forget it. And boy, is there a good lesson in that for us, because Jesus sent his disciples out into the world to make disciples by baptizing and teaching them to observe everything he had commanded them. And... As the record indicates, they never looked back. They never forgot his providence. They never forgot his promises. And they never forgot his presence. And they changed the world. God has made you part of his plan. He wants you to help him bring the message of salvation 
through his son Jesus Christ to the world that you live in, wherever you are, in whatever station in life God has placed you. And he promises he will be with you and supply your every need. So what that simply means is we should not be afraid to live our lives and spend our lives in the service of others because all our needs will be provided. There is no ministry for Christ's sake and no storm in Christ's service where every need will not be supplied, above all, the need for Jesus himself. I experienced this again that past week in Pelican Narrows. I wasn't sure how all 16, young and old, are going to get along together, the new and the old members of the team. And, wow, it was beautiful to see the grace of God abound and the Holy Spirit working in the lives of each and every one of them. As you pour out yourself in service at home, in the workplace, at church, there will be a basket left over for you. You give, he supplies. And as you live out your life giving and serving, yes, there will be storms, but Jesus comes to you and gets in the boat with you and sees to it that you get to your appointed haven. As one of your pastors, I leave you with these encouraging words from another pastor, Pastor Paul, from Ephesians chapter 3, reading at verse 14. And this is the other reading for this week. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, do you get it? Amen. Amen.